الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم من كان يرجو لقاء الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم When a person wants something very badly they will pursue it and the strength of their pursuit is dependent on how badly they want it When a person wants something very badly the strength of their pursuit is dependent on how badly or how passionately they desire that something and that pursuit will only subside when two possibilities occur one is that what they want is out of reach or let's put it this way what they want can no longer be acquired or they've just lost a passion for it altogether i'll give you some examples to make this clear you can take the example of an athlete let's say a, a football player and they want to win the super bowl now the degree to which they pursue it is going to be dependent on how badly they want it and that's why they say when certain quarterbacks get in a particular zone there's no stopping them they're unstoppable right and when you really break it down and analyze it further it's because their desire and their passion to win is so strong that it'll overcome really any other challenge it doesn't matter how good the defense is it doesn't matter how good the defensive line is their passion to win to get that ring the super bowl ring is so strong and so powerful they will be able to outdo any opponent or any challenger that comes their way right they get in this you can say this zone and you know and in fact in pep talks during games or in half times you know the common the common phrase the, the common uh, you could say chant or the common question that's asked is how, how badly do you want it right to sort of cheer people on cheer the team on and sort of motivate them how badly do you want this how badly do you want this why are they saying how badly do you want it they should say get out and play better or uh, you know go score right but no they realize that look if i can if we can instill within these athletes this passion or this let's call it wanting right if we can instill that within them then they're going to pursue it and nothing will be able to come in their way rather than us just telling them what they should or shouldn't do So that desire that passion for wanting to, to for wanting that Super Bowl for instance it'll subside either when that person retires if they haven't they never able to acquire it right or or they actually get the Super Bowl now they can actually rest and say okay I've 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 gotten my ring now you know anything in addition to this my year you know my last 5 years of my career this is just a bonus this is just an addition right or they retire and they haven't gotten one now you could say that okay they still have a desire and a passion but you know it's it's gone down a bit Uh, you could take the example of parents you know let's say a married not parents a, a married couple and they desire to have children right now how badly is that desire it that desire takes them to extreme lengths right if a, if a if a if parents are tr- if if a husband and wife are trying to conceive they really want to have a child they go to extreme lengths right why because they really want to have a child they'll make dua they'll their ibadah will change their approach will change <clears throat> their mindset will change they'll try to become closer to allah they'll seek you know medical attention medical help if necessary they really go out of their way because what's driving them is this what you can see this want this wanting of having a child now what's going to cause that 
want to subside. It's either going to be that they have a child. Now when they have that child, right, then they're like, oh, alhamdulillah. Now that, that yearning sort of has been curtailed a bit, right? Or they leave this world and they pass away. Right, and that, at that point you say, okay, or, or they've reached a certain age where it's impossible for any human being to conceive, and they're like, okay, I, I guess that's it. So either that, either they have to acquire what they're trying to acquire, or there has to be no chance of them acquiring it. And that's what stops a person's yearning or desire. Now, what's interesting is that in deen, this very similar principle applies. Now, what we call a believer, a Muslim who wants something... We call that person a murid. That's, a, that's what, literally what murid is. And in the Arabic language, arada yuridu iradatan fahuwa muridun, right? In grammar, the person who wants or intends something is called a murid. What is wanted or sought is then called a murad. So the question that comes across our minds often is that, well, what does it mean exactly? What does it mean to be a murid? And simply put, it's a person who wants Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they don't give up on that wanting until they've left this world. That's what a real murid is. It's a person who continuously within their heart has this yearning and this passion and desire for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for as long as a person can remain within that state, that person's a murid. And if a person leaves that state where they no longer have this desire and this passion to, to please Allah, they no longer have this desire and this passion to become closer to Allah, then they, they, that, 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 uh, that title then ceases to exist. You're no longer a murid. Now, I bring this up because we often think that, uh, you know, we, we think that, uh, well, just because I'm, you know, attaching myself to a teacher or just because I'm treading the path of suduk, that that by definition makes me a murid. But every believer is a murid. As long as that believer has within their heart a desire and a passion to please Allah. And if that desire and that passion subsides, then you're no longer a murid. It doesn't matter who you've attached to. It doesn't matter what silsila you're a part of. It makes no difference. This is just terminology. The real question that we should ask is what is in my heart in this particular moment in time? If in my heart is a wanting to please Allah Ta'ala, then that makes me a murid. And if in my heart is a wanting for other than Allah Ta'ala, then that removes me from the scope of being a murid. And that's a big deal, right? Because you look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, and he was constantly seeking and wanting. And there was no end to his wanting and his seeking. It never subsided, right? This is the ultimate, uh, he, he was the ultimate example of someone who was always wanting to please Allah Ta'ala. And he would never, it would never cease to exist. Now, when, it, when the Prophet ﷺ became a Nabi of Allah, became a Prophet of Allah, that's it. He's reached the pinnacle. The Prophets of Allah are guaranteed Jannah. The Prophets of Allah Ta'ala don't perform mistakes. They don't commit sins. The Prophets of Allah, they're, they're, they're stamped, right? Of, of, of acceptance by Allah and by acceptance by, by humanity as a whole. But this didn't stop the Prophet ﷺ because he wanted to show us his example, through his example, that for the believer, the believer has to yearn. And if you're no longer yearning, then you, that, that, that title of murid is stripped away from you. That title of murid is stripped away from you. That's the title of someone who is passionately or wanting and desiring Allah Ta'ala. When the Prophet ﷺ, look at the extent that he would go in order to show how much he wanted Allah's pleasure. Look at the extent he would go to show how much he wanted Allah's pleasure. In one hadith, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrates that the Prophet ﷺ told him once that, that he had a dream 
that Laylatul Qadr, uh, it was a dream about when Laylatul Qadr would be. And so then the Prophet said in that dream there was like it was like raining, right? So then he told you know the Sahaba, okay, come back, come back to the masjid, come back to the masjid. And the Sahaba looked and there was like no rain, no clouds anywhere in the sky. But then one cloud had come over Masjid Nabawi and then and then it started raining. And the the roof of the masjid at the time was made out of just leaves, right? Date palm leaves. And so water was seeping in and it was uh dripping onto the ground. The ground was what? It wasn't carpet, it wasn't tile. What was it? It was just uh, it was mud. It, it was it was it was ground, right? It was dirt. So when the water had had gotten onto the dirt, it became completely muddy. And the Prophet ﷺ, despite this, he made sajda. Right? He was he was praying to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. When you lifted up his head, you could see that there was mud on his on his face. Now think about it. Like who who, who of us have ever done that? Now he didn't have to do that, right? I mean, he could have put out a sheet, could have put out a carpet, could have put out something. But that is the Prophet ﷺ showing how badly he wanted Allah. He was that. That's that's the definition of someone who seeks. That's the definition of someone who wants. You know, we know the famous story of the Prophet the famous narration of the Prophet when Aisha radiallahu anha she uh, she asked the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because you know it comes in narration. Anas radiallahu narrates also that the Prophet he used to pray through the night. And then different narrations say his prayer was so deep and so prolonged that his feet would swell. In another narration, his calves would swell. In another narration, his feet. Uh, would were were like um, you know, like cuts in them and cracks in his feet because of the duration of his prayer. Now, I, 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 many of us have cracks in our feet, right? Many of us our feet swell, and this is very common. Like calf swelling and and leg swelling is very common. I mean, you know, probably a third of all people have it. But how many of us can claim that we have this swelling or this cracking of our feet because we desired Allah? Right? We can't make that claim. So they're narrating this about the Prophet Sallallahu And so when Aisha anha sees that this is his state, she asked him, like, Ya Rasulullah, why are you doing this? You know, you've already been forgiven for your past and for your future. Why is it that you're standing in such prolonged prayer such that your feet are swelling, right? So what did the Prophet Sallallahu say? He said, can I not be a grateful servant? Meaning, meaning, like, it's not enough for me to be the Prophet of Allah. Right? It's not enough for me to be a Muslim. Like that's what he's telling you. It's not enough for me to be a believer. It's not sufficient. You know, it's not so enough for me to pray five times a day and fast in the month of Ramadan and come to the masjid. It's not good enough for me. I'm a murid. I want Allah. And when you want Allah, you go to extremity to attain Allah Ta'ala's pleasure and his qurb and his nearness. It isn't sufficient. So he says, Can I not be a grateful servant? Meaning it isn't sufficient to me that I'm a prophet and that I'm accepted by Allah. No, I need to go further because I am a seeker and I'm seeking Allah beyond beyond what we could say is the bare minimum of, or necessity of a believer. Right? This is what he's teaching us. In another narration, is the Prophet said, he said about him that he used to exert himself in his worship of Allah so much that he used to look like an old water bag, right? Just worn down, beaten up, uh, you know, uh, empty. Right? Like, this was the degree to which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would exert himself. Why? <laughs> not because he, I mean, it's not like his Jannah is for him. Where is he going? You know, it's not like he has a possibility of Jan- Jahannam. He's going to Jannah. Right? It's not like there's a possibility of failure for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's success. It's guaranteed success for him. But this is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam showing his Ummah that, look, it isn't enough. Right? I mean, if, if, if it was enough, the, what, what, what that would mean is that in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's heart, there was no longer desire or wanting. But the Prophet is showing us that that passion for Allah should never end. 
Like, and you have to continuously be a mureed, someone who's constantly and continuously seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never being satisfied and content with your state. Because if you are, then you're no longer a mureed. If you think you've accomplished something, or if you think that I'm, if you're, if you're complacent, then that's it. And that's what a mureed is. It's someone who's never complacent with their state. They're always thinking, how can I please Allah ta'ala further? Because the, the limit is what? I mean, if I wanted to, the limit is to become a prophet, right? That's how close, but human beings can never get to that extent. We're human beings. So that means that we're never, that never ends for us, right? The sky is the limit. And really, even the sky is not the limit for us. So what is it that means for us? That no matter who we are, no matter what title we may have given ourselves, if we are a true mudid, then we're seeking Allah Ta'ala. And we are never content with what our current state is. Now, maybe that varies from person to person. It might be that, you know what, I want to seek purity. So then that makes me a mudid. Then my focus is to pure, purify myself, purify myself. So constantly on your mind is this idea that I need to purify myself. But that's a yearning, that's a desire. And that's, that, that, whole, that means that you're a mudid. Or it may mean that I have a sin in my life and I'm working on removing the sin and I'm so engrossed in the sin. Well, then for the, for the murid in that particular time, it's just wanting to remove that sin from my life. It's not being content and complacent with it or some evil disease that's within my heart. It could be that I'm engaging in the worship of Allah Ta'ala, but my depth isn't where it needs to be. So for a murid, they reach a certain state where now I've removed certain sins and now I've removed many diseases from my heart, but now I really need to attain depth in my salah. Right? That's the next state or that's, that's a phase of a murid. Someone who's wanting... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It could be that my yearning and my desire or my want is for the betterment of the ummah of the Prophet and having this deep fikr, right? I mean, but the mind of the believer is always on wanting, right? That's, that's, the, that's where the mind is. That's the sign of a true murid. That's that that person never gives up on wanting and desiring because if they do, then it removes that title from them. It's this passion, this desire to always... Maybe it's sacrifice for someone that I'm going to sacrifice for the sake of Allah because that will keep me within this bounds of, 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 being, a, of being someone who desires and wants. So that's what defines us, right? That's what defines believers in general. And in particular, that's what defines people that have decided to come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, sometimes we have this false notion that once I've uh, committed myself, then that's it. I'm, I'm given this title and, and I'm, I'm so-and-so and I'm a murid. But that doesn't mean anything, right? It doesn't carry any weight. If, if a true murid, like I said, is true murid is someone who is always thinking, okay, what's the next step I can take to please Allah? Or what steps am I taking to earn Allah's pleasure? What step am I taking? What steps am I taking? Right? What steps are the Sahaba and the Prophet them took so that I too can be continuously seeking? If I stop seeking, then I'm no longer a murid. But if I'm seeking and I'm finding, then now I'm a murid. Now, for the, for what does that mean for the believer, right? When would that... So how would you cease to be a murid? Right? How would you cease to be a murid? There's two possibilities. We said this in the beginning. One possibility is that you've now attained it. Right? You've now acquired that thing that you're wanting. But like we said, only the prophets had that maqam. And the only time we're, we're actually going to have, have, have come to have some sort of closure on us attaining this is when we're in Jannah and we're meeting Allah Ta'ala. So until that point, we're still a murid. Right? We don't stop until that point. The other possibility is that we no longer want it. Right? We no longer want it. And then that, that's what we see this very commonly. People who are excited about deen and excited about Allah and excited about pursuing Allah Ta'ala, 
they lose that passion within a matter of time. That doesn't mean any. That doesn't. Uh, that that indicates that this that that indicates that you no longer are desiring those things that the Prophet had desired. So may Allah subhanahu wa taala grant us the tawfiq to understand uh, to understand what it means to really yearn for Him. May Allah taala grant us all the tawfiq to uh, be passionate uh, in our love for Him, and may Allah subhanahu wa taala keep us uh, keep us uh, keep us wanting and desiring Him until uh, we leave this world. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.